Amen. Now we're going to go right to the word of God. James chapter 1. I'm going to give you the topic. Oh yeah, who put seven years married up there? Is that the cops? Amen. Congratulations. Amen. Seven is a number of completion. That's a, amen. In sickness and in health. Amen. <laughs> God be the glory. Amen. That's right. God is good. We're going to be starting at the 19th verse. I'm not going to read um the, the scripture. Um, because I'm going to teach through it. Amen. We thank God, but we are going to pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you right now for an opportunity to break bread. Open the ears of our understanding. Let, it, let us apply your word. Let us use wisdom. And Father, we thank you. We pray, God, that you would use me for your glory. Strengthen my body, Lord God, for the assignment. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Now we come to where the rubber meets the road. Where we see who the real believers are. I'm not saying real Christians. But believers. Somebody say there is a difference. Christian is a name that was given to us by heathens. Just in case you didn't know. It's actually a derogatory statement. A Christian. It wasn't the name given by God. Believers was the name given by God. In Acts chapter 11 verse 26 says when he found him. He brought him back to Antioch. Both of them staying there with the church for staying there with the church for a full year, teaching large crowds of people. And it was at Antioch that the believers were first called Christians. Hmm. It was at Antioch. That's when they first started calling them Christians, the followers of that Christ. And, and Christ wasn't a nice public figure to be called after. James does not deal with elementary elements of our faith. He, he doesn't deal with superficial, but he deals with the meat of the word. We... He deals with the meat of the word. And that's why a lot of people, a lot of believers are, believers love James, Christians not so much. Believers love James. Because James talks about transformation. Christians don't like James because Christians want to look saved we 
done learned that we ought to count it all joy in the face of our trials and to war and win against temptations. And now we're about to move and how we're to move in God's wisdom and not the wisdom of the world. And now we're about to dive deeper into our conduct. See, it's easy to preach messages that talk about money cometh and you getting a husband, you getting a wife, a, a good house, a good car. It, it's good to pre- bless the Lord. He's the blessings on the way. But when you start dealing with people's behavior, that's when it gets tight. So I'm glad it's a second service because I'm going to get on your everlasting nerves right now. But if you want to jump and shout, come out at 4 o'clock and we will have a good time. Amen. <laughs> Verse 19, we look at, he says, he says, wherefore, wherefore, my beloved brethren, wherefore, wherefore is there for a reason? Wherefore? And the reason wherefore is there, just let me go ahead and digress for a minute. You would have to look at verse 18. He says, of his own will he begot us with the word of truth that we should be the kind of first fruits of his creatures. I dealt with that last week. But first fruit is the best. So we are supposed to be, because of the word of truth, we are supposed to be the best of the best. Hmm. And so he says, because it is, wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak. Slow to wrath, for the wrath of man works not the righteousness of God. Why does he say this? He says, be swift to hear and slow to speak. Well, what is what is he to be swift to hear and slow to speak about? The word. Uh-oh. Don't speak against the word. Without thoroughly weighing and considering what is said, and this may regard silence under hearing the word, it is also the rule to be observed in private conversation. Or, since may be, be content to be hearers of the word and not quick to be preachers of the word. Because if you preach the word, you're going to be held to a higher standard of those that just hear the word. Uh Uh-oh. But if you're called to that work, think before you speak, meditate, study to show yourself approved, a workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. What he's saying is, you got to understand that some people just have itching ears. They want to hear, but when God comes after what it is you're doing, you always got to speak. Isn't it funny? You ever been in a conversation with somebody and you have an intense fellowship and they're not hearing you? Because they're attacking you. So you're thinking about what you're going to say next. And you're quick to speak because you didn't hear. When God comes after what it is he's coming after, isn't it funny how we want to argue back? 
want to think about what is being said. So God says, I need you to learn to accept the word of truth. And see, it's not enough to just hear it. You got to accept it. And the first step of moving from being just a Christian to a believer is accepting that you got a problem. Why is it it's okay for you to talk about everybody else's issue, but when somebody comes after your issue, you got so much to say. Because you don't like truth. You don't like the word of truth. You know, because because I, I teach people and I said, you know, the best thing. That's why as your pastor, I'm so transparent. It's one of one of the gifts God has given me is the gift to be transparent. Sometimes people say you're a little bit too transparent, but because I, I, I need to reveal to you my flaws so that I can open a door so that when I come, you don't think I don't I don't come to you with the idea that I'm above you. But I let you know I have issues so that you can be a little bit more transparent about your issues. Whenever you want to go after something and somebody else and God sends you and anoints you for that assignment, the only way to get through the door is if you humble yourself. Because if you don't humble yourself, the other person isn't going to see it as an, an opportunity to exalt them. You, they think you're trying to bring them down. And because they always been talked down to, they already move into defensive mode. And they're not hearing anything that you're trying to... So he says, you need to be swift to hear. That's why God gave us two ears and one mouth. Because it's doubly important that you listen. And so he says, I need you to understand that. Somebody say, learn to accept the word. Learn to accept it. Don't, don't reject it. It's always about your growth. It's always about him making you better. But if you keep closing the door to that thing, then there can be no transformation. And so he says, wherefore, lay apart all filthiness. And superfluity of naughtiness and receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save your souls. He doesn't say that just because you hear the word you are saving your soul. That's, that's not what he says. He said lay aside the filthiness and the naughtiness. Don't let your mind go to sex. Don't let your mind go to that. Because what is filthiness and naughtiness is rejection of the word. It's the light of the word. It's the washing of the word. So if you're not allowing the word to wash you, you are filthy <laughs> and naughty. But he says... Lay apart. Somebody say, that's your job. That's your job. Tap your name and say, that's your job. God is not taking your cigarettes because he don't smoke. God ain't taking your liquor because he don't drink. 
He ain't taking your weed. He ain't taking your. He ain't taking your. He ain't taking none of your nastiness. You got to lay it aside. You got to put it down. And then he says, when you put it down, after you put it down, receive. After you put it down, receive. You keep wanting to receive, but you can't receive. Why? Because you didn't lay it down. Lay it down and receive. The word which is able to, the engrafted word, the engrafted word. Somebody say engrafted word. Engrafted word. That engrafting, it means engraving. It's, it's the word that means to go in deep and hard and carve. And it's the engrafted word. It's not the word that just flies by. That's why you got to meditate in his word. You got to get the word in you so that the word can begin to carve on your heart what is written in the book. And crafted, it's in there, it's, it's not going nowhere. That's all oh, I'm about to help you. That's the only tattoo you should get. It's the tattoo of the word in your heart. Somebody say, Now that's sexy. Y'all not gonna say no. It's the word you receive that brings change. Whatever you receive, whatever you accept, whatever you let in, that's what becomes your change agent. That's, that's why you got to be careful. That's why you got to guard your gates. That's why you got to guard your eye gate, your ear gate. You got to, you, you ever been just minding your business? I said, you minding your business, you good to go. That's why you got to watch your smells too. You wasn't thinking about food till you walked by Sandra's and you smelled the collard greens. Now you hungry. You wasn't, you was going to be clean until now you now, now, now I ain't gonna get. I'm gonna get on your nerves. I myself. I couldn't go to Jamaica a long time ago. My buddy told me the whole island smelled like weed. And maybe it ain't true, but all in New Haven smell like weed. You ever drive through New Haven and think you saw a skunk? Or a skunk? It ain't a skunk. It's weed. Y'all not gonna say nothing. But you was going to mind your business, but you smelling it everywhere. Everywhere. In church. At the concert last night. And ain't nothing like an old person high. <laughs> Yo, I'm about to get on your nerves right now. I ain't saying nothing out bad. I ain't even looking at you. I'm just straight ahead. It's the word you receive that brings about change. So you got to be careful about what you listen to. You got you can't listen to everybody. You can't hear everything. You can't allow everything in. When you're trying to change, you got to know how to cut some stuff out. You have to learn to say, "There's just some stuff I can't hear." That's why gossip is so dangerous. 
you got friends who you, your mind was on Jesus. Here they come. They won't tell you everything that happened about somebody else. Nobody want to pray for them. They just want to tell you the Because gossipers like to feel good about themselves. Somebody say receive the word. That's what's able. It's able. It doesn't just come in. See, you know, well, I'm, I go to church. That ain't saving you. That, I, I shout. I pray. I give. That, that ain't saving you. It's the word it, that will save your soul. It's able. It doesn't just do it automatic, but it's able to. If you allow it, God gives free will. So he'll give you the word. But if you don't want to accept that word, you accept it from everybody else. Stop letting Oprah be your preacher. Well, let me go ahead and get us out of here. I got seven minutes to go ahead and bring this planning plane in. But, 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 be, but, 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 be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourself. For if a man be a hearer of the word and not a doer he is like a man beholding his face in a glass he looks at it and then he goes away and then he forgets what type of man he was look at look at that look at that look at that the, the, the word won't work unless you work it but be a doer. That's why I said don't, don't, don't allow. If you go through the trials and you go through the temptations, when the meet the the believers, the believers do the word. The Bible says, "Blessed is the man that does." He said that hears these sayings and does these sayings. You got to do it. Don't just hear it. Don't just preach it. But you got to do it. Tap your neighbor. Say, "Do it." Be a doer. That's why you can come to a service. You can I could preach the paint off these walls but if you go out there and don't apply what has been preached there will be no change in your life somebody say do it you gotta learn how to do it some people can hear you can read all night you can study all night but if you don't do it it ain't working I could look at you I could tell you how to lift weights I could tell you how to play basketball but if I don't do it it ain't gonna never do nothing that's why people hate coming to church because they run into Christians and they don't run into believers because believers do Christians just talk I'm trying to help you I'm sick of people just talking Jesus I need to see Jesus I need to experience Jesus I don't need to just hear about the name I need to see the name oh, y'all help me up because if you are just hearing it, the Bible says you're deceiving yourself. The devil ain't even in this scripture. Y'all better help me. The devil ain't even in this scripture. But I heard the devil was a deceiver. But sometimes he don't even got to come mess with you. Because you deceive yourself. 
He said, he said, you look in the mirror and then you forget what type of man you are. That's the people that come to church, shout, hallelujah, glory to God, speak in tongues, then walk outside and cuss you out. That's the people that come in here and act like they all that and a bag of chips, but then won't do anything for anybody outside of the house of God. Shut your mouth. You are a schizophrenic Christian. But if you look at the law of liberty, Pastor Mom, let me teach you this for one. Can I digress? I'm taking my time. I'm going to get you out of here by 11.15. That's my second close. I mean, 1.15. We're going to rewind time. Listen. We got to take care of house first. I don't care. That's assignment and wait. Y'all better help me. We're going to take you home because I ain't coming back here no more. I'm going to get this in here right now. Y'all about to say, preach it, Pastor. He said, law of liberty. Did you see that? This the first. This ain't in my notes. This is straight from heaven. Law of liberty. But I thought the law was bondage. But the law is freedom. See, believers understand something about law. That in the law, there is freedom. Christians don't like law because they think it's bondage. I'm going to give you a little nugget of what God has been pouring in my spirit about the tithe. Are you ready for this? The tithe was never law. The law was given by Moses at Sinai. Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not cover. You know the Ten Commandments. In the Jewish law book, there's over 900 laws. You can see some of them in Deuteronomy and so, all through the, what, the, what type of fish you want to eat. You couldn't eat the claws. You couldn't eat the roe. You couldn't eat this. You couldn't touch that blood if you had a period. You, all that's in there. But we don't include that in the law. We just say Ten Commandments. But Jesus came to fulfill the law. But in all the 900 laws and the 10, you never see the tithe. Because the tithe is not law. The tithe is principle. Come on, bring them in. 
Because in Malachi, when he said, will a man rob God, which is a breaking of the law. And he said, how do we rob you? Because we keep the law of Moses. He said, you rob me in tithes and offerings. And so because it is not a law, it's a liberty. And if you operate in this liberty, I'm going to keep the devil from touching your stuff. So if Jesus came to fulfill the law, he did not come to fulfill the tithe. Because the tithe ain't law. Don't mess with me. Somebody say study. study. You can't handle the truth. But if you look in it and continue and be not a forgetful hearer, but a doer, this man will be blessed. And what he does, you want the blessing, do the work. You want the blessing, the good man's steps are ordered by the Lord. You want the blessing, do the work, stop hearing and not doing. The blessing comes from hearing and doing. But it's not about my works. It's about him working through me. So I'm not saved by works. I'm saved for works. Which means I can't do what I do without him doing what he do. Y'all better come on him. So when I hear it and I get mad at it, I say, God, when I read you, I'm like, man, I'm going straight to hell. I done messed up. I said, no, God, forgive me. Deal with me. Beat me in private so I can show out in public. Go ahead and work on me. I need a change in my life. I don't want to just preach your word. I want to live your word. I don't want to just hear your word. I did not start reading the Bible to preach the Bible. I started reading the Bible because I wanted to be a father to my children. I started reading the Bible because I needed to get off drugs. I started reading the Bible because I wanted to be a better son. I started reading the Bible because I needed a change in my life. I started reading the Bible, but if you're reading the Bible to tell somebody off, that's why it ain't working. If you're reading the Bible so you can say you all that, that ain't working for you. So if you want to know why I'm blessed, it ain't because you put something in the offering. I'm blessed because I let the word do the work in my life. And if you never gave me nothing, God will supply all my So he says, if any man I'm about to bring home seem to be religious and don't bridle his tongue, he deceives his own heart. This man's religion is useless. <laughs> if you can't control your tongue, your religion is out of control. 
If you can't control your tongue, it's, it's like James says this, listen. Listen to the correction from the word. Apply it to your life. See change. Shut your mouth. Control your tongue. Because if you don't watch what you say, your religion is useless. When he says religion, he's not talking in the terms of negative where we understand the connotation of the text from the theological standpoint of the word religious. Y'all better help me. He's saying that religious means that your relationship, in other words, your relationship is in vain. Why? Because the power of life and death is in the tongue. You don't understand that the words that are coming out of my mouth are able to change and transform and scare demons from running all in your life. You got to be able to control your tongue. That's why sometimes when I'm upset, I say there ain't no word because I understand the power of my speech I'll never talk negative in my children's life because I know the power of my speech I'll never talk negative about a leader because David understood that he would not speak against God's anointed and do his prophet no harm I would never open my mouth you got to learn how to control your mouth tap your neighbor and say if you ain't got nothing God to say not nothing good to say if you ain't got nothing God to say shut the hell up y'all better help me if it ain't heaven coming out of your mouth it's hell coming out of your mouth you got to learn how to allow God to speak to you but if your life does not line up with your speech then your tongue is useless don't say you love me show me you love me don't tell me go away and be blessed you got to feed me you got to learn to have relationship a lot of times people don't want to deal with you because if they found out what you're going through God might tell them to help you and then you got to put your money where your mouth is so you find it easy to just ignore people ignore the problem because you stingy in the spirit you stingy in life y'all not going to help Don't even give God praise. Stingy. Don't even say hallelujah. But you can say God help me real good. Somebody say break that stingy spirit. Matter of fact, you too blessed to be stingy. God been too good to you to be stitched. All that you got in your storehouse. What you gonna do? Die with it? You better share that blessing. 
Cause if you don't share it, then somebody else, tap your neighbor and somebody else gonna spin that. Somebody, somebody, somebody else gonna spin it. You might as well help somebody you know that's trying to live for Jesus before they get a hold of all your stuff and spend it on. That's our clues. I told you three minutes. Hallelujah. Pure, 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 pure. Hundred percent pure religion and undefiled before God and the Father is this. I'm not even going to deal with God and the Father because that's just too much of a whole situation. I got to do a teaching on that, but just understand he's talking about the same person. <laughs> this is this. Pure religion is this. To visit fatherless. And widows. You, you see where we get our calling from? You see why we do what we do? You see why we take $4,000 and go give it to older people? Y'all not going to help me. You see why we bless the elderly? You see how we, we deal with children who, who are fatherless because just because you made a baby don't make you a father. In their affliction. And to keep yourself unspotted from the world. As I close, I'm going to give you my subject. And we're going to go home. My subject is a question. I need you to look at that person next to you. And say, neighbor. Are you the real thing? Are you doing the word? Are you not just hearing the word? Are you keeping yourself unspotted? Are you helping widows and fatherless? Do you get mad when you hear the preacher talking about your issues? If the answer to any of that is nine doing none of that, I don't like the word, it ain't making me happy, then you ain't real. You are a carbon copy of a fake. Can't you are on the marshal's rack. But the anointing that I got, you got to go to Neiman Marcus. <laughs> Y'all better help me up in here. Are you a thrift shop? I do it cost something. See, to be a believer costs something. To be a Christian don't cost nothing. You didn't even know it was a difference, huh? That's, it. That's, why, that's why I get mad when I go to churches and I'm in the room with a bunch of Christians. There ain't no challenge. Nobody's changing. 
But when you get around believers, they're going to call you up on your stuff. Because I like to know who I'm around. You can't bring Christians to battle. Nope. But believers, they're going to say, if God be for us, who can be against us? Christians always got questions. How are we going to do it? Believers say if he said come on the water. Are you real? I ain't mad at you. Some of you fake. But you can be real. You can let God transform you. Matter of fact, you tired of being fake. It's getting on your nerves. You, you're trying to figure out why. Why am I so fickle? Why am I? Because he told us a double-minded man is unstable. <laughs> he, he told us. So you, so you think you're real when everything's good. But as soon as everything hit the road, you find out you're a Christian. Let's stand. It's one fifteen. I ain't listen. I'm not gonna be the dead horse. You get in the word. I get 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 in the word, cause I didn't get saved to just be a Christian. Mm -mm. I didn't. I didn't come out of all the hell I came through just to be a Christian. I don't need that label. I need to be a believer. See, when people see you coming, they need to know that's a, that's a believer right there. How? Because there's no way a Christian could have got out of what they got out of. They they had to believe. If they was at the bottom and they were going through all hell and they still had a thread of hope that God was able to bring them out, that's a believer. When you when the doctor give you a bad diagnosis and you're like, I don't care what the doctor say, I serve a God who is able to that's a believer. When they say they're going to foreclose and you ain't got enough money to pay the bills or take care of the child. And you say, I don't care if you don't pay child support. My God going to make sure I ain't never lacking. That's a believer. When you say, oh, listen, my body aching. I don't feel like moving, but I'm oppressed to the house of God. That's a believer. That ain't a Christian. Do I got any believers in this house? To God be the glory. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. Let us be doers of your word. If there's anybody out there that may be watching online on TV and you're not saved and you are tired of just being a Christian, you, you're not even a believer. This, this is a prayer. This is an altar call, not just for salvation, but for 
soul-changing power in your life. Father, I'm a sinner. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins. I ask that he would come into my heart and live his life in me. I thank you, God, for not allowing the devil and hell to win in my life. Now, God, I'm asking, as a Christian who wants to be a believer, help me to go through the trials and the temptations and to apply your word to my life so that I can see the transforming power of the Holy Spirit take root and develop in my life and in my atmosphere and in those I come in contact with. Don't let them see a complaining Christian. Don't let them see a beaten up Christian, but help them to see a believer who has victory in their lives in Jesus name and we thank you for it amen grace and peace give God some praise